Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Maya Markovich, the Chief Growth Officer at Next Law Labs and one of ILTA's five influential women of legal tech for 2020. Hi, Maya. How are you? Hi, Ari. You make that sound really awesome. Thank it's you. very <laughs> awesome, and I'm very impressed, and I'm honored to have you on the show today. So welcome. Thank you so much. Maya, tell us about your background and your role at Next Law Labs. My career path hasn't really been linear, but it's really been quite instrumental, as it turns out, in my current role. So I started out with an academic background in behavioral science and organizational psychology, really focusing on how groups influence each other and adapt to new patterns. That led me initially to change management consulting and technology. Then I decided to go to law school to continue developing my skills, really in an arena where I felt I could have a broader social impact. So I practiced for several years, just as legal tech was beginning to gain traction. And while deploying and maximizing technology to streamline these labor-intensive processes, with this ever-increasing data and high risk of human error, I really became intrigued by how technology could improve results for clients and let lawyers spend more time on strategic tasks. So I eventually made the leap over to the legal tech industry, product management, product marketing roles for businesses that were targeting various aspects of the business or practice of law. And then Nexlaw Labs found me just as it was coming into existence. And I just immediately recognized the opportunity to bring together all these threads in my experience. Why was Nexlaw Labs founded five years ago? People still do ask. And sometimes people are like, what? But Douglas really recognized early on, I think, that, that the legal profession was undergoing disruption, driven by things like globalization, technology, generational shifts, and really most imminently client needs and expectations. So Nexal Labs was founded in 2015 to really shape and drive the disruption and embrace the opportunity to be a force for transformation in this profession that's been traditionally so resistant to change. How has its mission and work evolved in this period? Initially, we had the audacious, humble goal to reinvent the business and practice of law via technology. That has since grown into five operating units. We now also include Next Law Ventures, which is the lab's investment arm, which was the first legal tech-focused venture fund, on Next Law Referral Networks, which is the world's largest networks of small to mid-sized firms and public relations firms. And Nexlaw In-House Solutions, which is a consulting advisory that's focused on supporting in-house counsel in the business and the both legal departments. So when we first launched Nexlaw Labs, we really envisioned going to market in three ways, developing proprietary tools for Dentons, co-developing solutions with Denton's clients, and an investment track where we provide funding and expertise to legal tech startups that have these compelling solutions. So we hit the ground running, we spent significant time a kind of a loose design approach to identify some critical pain points that were being experienced by Denton's attorneys and their clients. And that was kind of our short list to immediately address that. And so we ended up delivering solutions on all three fronts, but we soon realized that our impact could be much greater if we just focused on partnering and investing in early stage legal tech. Because just for instance, one of our startups has 10 developers, right? They're working on just one solution. And it takes them millions of dollars and several years to get to prime time. 
But we were getting outreach from the get-go from so many areas within Venice that we really began to focus more and more on working with early stage products, both within and outside the portfolio. And we continue to partner with early stage legal tech that solves this kind of identified pain point with Denton's clients or within the firm in some component. What are some of the challenges that your team has faced in executing its mission? Working with legal startups is great because there are so many problems out there to be solved and there's a real opportunity to define the market, I think, with a new solution. Legal innovation is also a really good place to utilize my past experience to create this kind of meaningful and substantive change in the legal industry. And at the same time, be constantly learning. It can sometimes be challenging when there's demand greater than the startup can scale to immediately in different regions or practice areas just due to their limited resources. So managing expectations is also a big part of my role. <laughs> what skills will future lawyers need to succeed and how can they obtain them? There's a growing understanding, I think, now that change is imperative and it helps build momentum. There's an understanding of how people think and what motivates them. And that's also really useful to gain buy-in on new processes and bring diverse stakeholders together for a common goal that benefits them individually and collectively. So to really thrive in the legal industry nowadays and in the future, I think lawyers need some foundational literacies, like basic understanding of what you can do with data analytics and data science, money management, design thinking, project management. Also need to be developing competency in things like creativity, flexibility, collaboration, emotional intelligence, for sure. In order to really affect change, lawyers with these character qualities of resilience, curiosity, and comfort with ambiguity, and a bias toward action are really going to have the most impact. In terms of where to go, law schools are sort of slowly starting to get the memo on this, but it largely, it's really still left to students to skill up on these things on their own, either by just seeking it out and reading about it, talking and networking with those who are thinking about and teaching those elements or finding programs like Suffolk Law classes. And I'm starting to see some glimmers of hope in places like efforts to revamp CLE programming to include these types of topics. But unfortunately, I think we're even farther off on that front. (laughs) You counsel and work with a lot of startups. How does the entrepreneurial mindset align with how lawyers approach problem solving? An entrepreneurial mindset is really kind of a renaming of what's known as the growth mindset, right? So it's sort of as compared to the fixed mindset. So someone with a growth mindset expects to learn from every experience, accept failure as kind of part of how they learn, listen to feedback from users, and be willing to bounce back, you know, and try again. This can obviously be really different from common lawyer traits like risk aversion and deferring to tradition and precedent, that kind of thing. You know, not to mention the regulations and complexity just surrounding being a lawyer. But the landscape is changing so fast. The legal market is really buckling under its own inefficiencies, and it's really not designed to handle current challenges. And legal consumption is changing. So when critical challenges can't be solved by existing means, you really need to develop new approaches. And I'd argue most importantly, you need people with an entrepreneurial mindset in the legal industry because these current approaches don't work probably as evidenced most prominently by the legal services gap. The law is so complicated that you need to be a lawyer to simply know what your rights and obligations are. And while the entrepreneurial mindset is driving innovation to accelerate change by shaking up the status quo, you really zoom out on the question why we need it. I mean, we need the mindset because we seldom get it right the first time. And the legal industry isn't open-minded. It's not known for embracing change or technology to create efficiency. 
having an entrepreneurial mindset is about big picture thinking. I think the legal market at the moment is really focused on the smaller solutions. And this isn't going to solve the critical challenges, the things that really matter. For example, we invest money in implementing a timekeeping solution to ensure that no minute goes unbilled. And we should be, I mean, as an industry, investing in replacing the bill with a model itself. So we really need brave souls with big picture thinking to break through the barriers. How is the pandemic affecting innovation and legal and who takes part in that effort? The biggest threat actually right now is going back to the traditional practice of law after the pandemic has really forced the industry forward in many ways. I think it's starting to become really clear which firms are focusing on coming out of this situation better than they were before and which are thinking this is sort of a temporary shift. Some firms and legal departments are shelving you know, are abandoning innovation or transformation projects and others are really leaning into them with a focus on the mid and longer term future where our clients are going to need us more than ever before. While law is never going to be the same, clients are going to need us, not the old school kind of lawyer, but these trusted counselors who can really think creatively, have a deep knowledge of their business and have the key to really understand their needs. Where do you see this sector headed? From an investment and growth perspective, we've seen projections that the global legal market value in 2020 is going to be close to a trillion dollars. We've seen over 700% increase in legal tech investments, along with when we started, there were only 75 or 80 self-described legal tech companies in 2015, and now there are nearly 2,000, depending on who's counting. So there's this large and growing market. It's attracting institutional capital and private equity. We really think legal tech is like FinTech's little brother, and it makes sense that investors are looking to adjacent markets. And there are so many people with so many ideas for how to address various niche problems and challenges. And some of those have broader application than others. And I think many people are coming into the field today with a better understanding of what tech can do, even if they themselves are not the coders. With the advent of cloud, you know, the ease with which coders can gain access to development resources and ease of access the coders everywhere. It really almost seems like anyone with an idea can pursue it. And there are hundreds, if not thousands, of ideas being developed that we'll likely never see, you know, because they're not good enough to be commercially viable. But there are plenty that are, and which we're seeing. And there seems to be a lot of interest in pursuing these technologies, because despite the competition in the market, legal is still a relatively high-margin business. You know, so the idea that you can take a small slice of that revenue with a tech solution is really appealing. And I think there are also plenty of investors out there chasing the next great, great idea in legal, of course, as well as elsewhere. And those all combine to a huge uptick in that investment that we see. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Maya Markovich, the Chief Growth Officer at Next Law Labs and one of ILTA's five influential women of legal tech for 2020. Maya, thanks so much. You're so welcome, Ari. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.